saw the main character of a movie I really like wearing them, and I was like, they are sick. He looks really cool. I'm totally buying them. So I bought them. They came. And I was like super excited. So I kind of raced over to my girlfriend's house. And um, I was kind of standing there, you know, getting ready to hear my girlfriend say, you know, Zach, you're really good at buying sunglasses. They look really good on you. That's what I was expecting to hear. But the first time she sees it, she opens the door. She just bursts out laughing at me. Like, she obviously hates these sunglasses. I was just standing there going, oh, man, I thought these were really good. So embarrassing. It's also happened in high school. This happens to me a lot, I think. This happened in high school. I, like, wore a hat for the first time. I don't really wear hats, but I wore a hat, and my friends just laughed in my face. I've got pretty good friends. Um, my dad, he also hates it. Where, put, hand up if, like, your parent smacks you with a belt. All right, a few. Beck has her hand up. Does your parents still smack you with a belt? <laughs> yeah, my, so my dad hated when I misbehaved, and he would whack me on the butt with like a big leather belt and it freaking hurt so much. So whenever I like, bit of harsh guys, whenever I did something bad and he took off his belt, I knew it was time to run. So I just run off and hide and wait until things cooled down a bit. But here's, here's a question for you. Does Jesus hate? Does Jesus hate? If so, what does he hate? The thing is, you only really find out if somebody hates something by their behavior to it or if they literally tell you that they hate it. You know, what if my girlfriend never laughed at me? I'd never know she hated those sunglasses. I probably would keep wearing them around, looking like an idiot. Can we find anywhere in the Bible that shows us that Jesus hates something? Because think through this. If Jesus is the ruler of the universe and our lives are in his hands, then probably be an important thing to know what he hates and if he hates. And the answer is, yes, we can find it. And it's in this passage that we're going to look at. The big take-home message tonight, guys, is that Jesus hates hypocrites. Now, I'm going to pray for us and for our time looking at this passage, because this is a heavy topic, and it would be awful to get it wrong. So I'm going to pray that God would help me speak the truth. I'm going to pray for you guys that you will listen and understand what I'm saying. Father, I pray for all of us right now that you help us to listen to what you're saying in the Bible. Help us to understand Jesus and what he cares about, what he hates. I pray that you'll help us to, to want to know the truth, no matter how hard it is, no matter how hectic it is. And I just pray that you will tell us the truth tonight. Amen. All right, have a look at your Bibles. Go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 37. All right. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisees were surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, 
You Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, brew and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogue and respectful, respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which people walk over without knowing it. Now, the first thing I want us to see in this passage tonight is that Jesus cares about hypocrites. Jesus cares about hypocrites. Have a look at verse 37. I'm going to read it out again. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. So Jesus had just been teaching a bunch of people and a Pharisee rocks up and invites him over to dinner. And then you've got this odd situation where the Pharisee's shocked because Jesus doesn't wash up before dinner. Why doesn't Jesus wash up? Is it because he has bad hygiene? Is it because um, he just forgot to wash up? Or is it something else? Now back then, washing up wasn't just to clean off the dirt off us before we ate. It was actually a ritual done to give them ritual cleanness. As if when they wash, they're washing off their sin. The Pharisees thought it was a godly thing to do, or, or at least they thought it made them look godly. And Jesus knew this. It was a normal social custom. And, and if a dinner guest didn't wash up before the meal, it was actually an insult to the host. Jesus doesn't insult people by accident. He does it on purpose. He cho- it's funny, but it's true. He chose not to wash up. He does it to expose their hearts and to show them that the Pharisees are actually hypocrites. Now, a hypocrite is just someone who's wearing a mask. They try to look like one thing, but really on the inside, they're another thing. The Pharisees are trying to look good and godly by washing up, but inside, they're anything but good. Jesus is exposing the Pharisees' hearts and showing them that they aren't oriented to God. And he wants to expose this because he cares about them. He cares about hypocrites. He's not okay with hypocrisy, but he still cares about them. By doing this, he's giving them the opportunity to repent of the hypocrisy and turn away from it back to God. Jesus cares about hypocrites. It's like if... I was invited to a party, and at the party, boys right there, Dylan and Colin, put whatever you're doing away. So, come on guys. So I'm invited to a party, and there's like salsa, dip, and Doritos at the party, 
And I want to expose people's hearts and make them realize whether or not they're for or against double dipping. Because, you know, I care about them. I care that I want them to repent of their double dipping hearts, all right? So now let me just explain to you, I think double dipping is okay, all right? So listen up, listen up, all right? Here's my theory. Don't yell at me before you hear my theory. So, all right, I've got a, I've got a diagram up here that I drew. Can we get up? There's my diagram. I drew it on paint. It's not the best, but see the, the yellow triangle? That's a Dorito, if you're wondering. So look at the first picture on this side of the screen. You can see that the, where the germs are, they're on the salsa, or they're on the chip, but then like the chip goes into the salsa. When you pull the chip out, where are the germs now? Not both, because the germs that touch the salsa are still attached to the chip, and then you pull that salsa out. The germs don't actually... This, this is an interactive forum, buddy. Thanks anyway, though. You, you, can tell, you can tell me after. But the germs come out with the chip, all right? So there's no germs in the salsa. Double dipping, I reckon it's all right. There's the proof. You can argue about it later. And so I care, all right? I care about people who don't like double dipping. I, I want them to be able to change their ways. So I take a Dorito, I dip it in the salsa, take a bite, I dip it in again. And you know there's going to be someone who's like, you can't do that, derp, 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 derp. And I'll be like, buddy, I, I care about you. And I'm doing this to expose your double dipping heart and I'll, I'm doing this so you can repent, because I care about you. So this is, this is like Jesus here, but he's confronting something far more significant. He's confronting hypocrisy. Boys. And he does it because he cares about hypocrites. Are you a hypocrite? Do you put on a different mask when you're around different people? Do you put on a mask in front of God, hoping that he doesn't see? Don't be like the Pharisees who care about the outside and think that cleaning the outside will make people like you more or make people think better of you. Because you're not, not inside. Jesus hates hypocrites, and he cares about them too. And he's given you a chance to repent right now. Turn, so turn away from your hypocrisy. For the Christians here, look at your motives for obeying Jesus. Are they because you genuinely love obeying Jesus, or are they maybe you do it so people will think you're actually good? Jesus sees through your mask, and you can't fool him. But he cares enough about you that he wants you to change. So do it. Now, if you're not a Christian yet, and this might be a big thing to claim, so bear with me, but you are a hypocrite. Jesus knows your real heart. He knows it's not perfect. So don't put on a mask to hide it from everyone and think that just acting good will get you into heaven. Turn away from that because Jesus cares about you and he wants you to. He's inviting you back, clean slate. 
All right, so the second thing I want you guys to see from this passage is that Jesus wants our hearts matching up with our actions. Have a look at verse 39. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. So straight away, Jesus goes off at the Pharisee for being shocked at him that he didn't wash his hands. He's going off at him because of his hypocrisy. Trying to look godly on the outside by washing up, but neglecting the inside. And he talks about the Pharisees as if they're like cups and dishes. And their main problem is that they focus on cleaning the outside of the cup, but inside they're filthy. They they focus so much on their ritual purity and goodness that they neglect their filthiness inside. Inside they're disgusting. They don't even bother with the inside. Jesus' problem with these guys is that they care so much about the outside or what they do with their bodies or what people think of them that they forget about their motives, their desires and their values. And they don't actually want to be good. Or obey Jesus. Have a look at verse 39. Now then you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. Their true nature is selfish. It's all about them. But they try to put on an act to look godly. They're only doing it for selfish motives though. They've misunderstood what Jesus really wants of his people. Jesus wants people whose hearts are focused on him. Jesus does not want hypocrites in his kingdom, in heaven. Now, he isn't saying that looking godly is bad. He's saying that the outside and the inside must both be good. Because in verse 40, God makes both the inside and the outside. That's a hectic testing pub, hey? <clears throat> Actually, it had some length to it as well. So, guys, God has made both the inside and the outside. Both are important, and Jesus cares about both, which is why he hates hypocrites. It's a good thing that he hates hypocrites because they're not good. We don't want to be hypocrites. These Pharisees are like the kid who comes along to youth group and seems like they're a Christian. I might listen to the talk and join in on discussion groups and might try not to swear as well. And they just try to act good. But then when school comes around the next week, you couldn't really tell that they're a Christian. Or maybe you could a bit, but they act differently from when they're at youth. And the worst part is that some of them think that acting like a Christian, even if it's just on a Friday night, will get them saved. I said, won't. Trying to act good is useless if it isn't coming from a clean heart. Jesus wants us to have hearts that desire obedience to him, and he cares about our hearts matching up with our actions. Now, big application for us is to make sure 
we're not focusing so much on what we do that we forget that Jesus wants our hearts that truly love him. Jesus wants your heart, not just your good works. Do you sing at youth without feeling it? Do you pray without meaning it? Do you act differently around people who aren't Christians? If you do, then there's a good chance that you're probably a hypocrite who cares more about what people see on the outside than what Jesus sees in your heart. Jesus wants our hearts to match up with our actions. Now, it's not just that they match up either. The third thing that I want us to see in this passage tonight is that Jesus wants our hearts to gladly desire obedience to him. Have a look at verse 40. But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. So Jesus says that instead of neglecting what's inside, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Now back then, being generous to the poor was way more than just like donating some money to the Salvation Army or giving like an apple to a homeless man. Back then, it was about treating the poor, the ugly, the lonely, the annoying, the enemies as family. And Jesus is telling us, instead of being a hypocrite, give your heart over to Jesus and obey him. He hates hypocrites, but he loves those who want to obey him with an honest, glad, joyful heart. He wants your hearts to be pointed towards himself so that they become concrete, real actions that make it clear that you value Jesus and you want him to be your king. And he finishes by saying that once your heart is focused right, everything will be clean for you. This is what you need to actually be good. A heart that gladly desires obedience to God. It's like when like Christmas is coming up and that starts to shape your desires, which then shapes your actions. So you start thinking about like Christmas is coming up, got to figure out what I can make my parents buy me. Um, you start thinking about that and then you start like looking on the internet and Google and stuff and you go into shops looking for stuff that you want. All of that shapes the way you think and act. That's how it should be for us. Looking to Jesus as our king And having that shape our hearts and desires, which then flow out into joyful obedience to Jesus. Now, Jesus also declares three woes on the Pharisees. Now, the word woe just means judgment. So, those who act like this are hypocrites, and they'll be judged by Jesus. Now, I just want to mention one here. Have a look at verse 43. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplace. That seems pretty, like, what the heck, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about, Jesus? Pretty much, what is, those places that the Pharisees want are the ones that bring them the most attention. They want attention because they're hypocrites. 
don't be like the Pharisees and try to be the center of attention. Because when you try to become the center of attention, where's your focus? It's on you. That's being a hypocrite. Claiming that you want to glorify God and make him the center of attention, but really you want yourself to be the center of attention. Focus on God and don't lead other people's focus away from God onto you. Now remember, Jesus hates hypocrites. So if you're a Christian, make sure you're wanting to obey Jesus out of love for him. Don't try to be good from a selfish heart. And treat people with love as if they're family. Wouldn't it be awesome if our youth group was dominated by real, genuine love for each other? Here's a challenge for you. Just go up to somebody you don't really know that well and get to know them. Ask how life's going for them. Pray for them. Not because you want to look good, but because you love Jesus and you want him to look good. Now, the big thing to take home, guys, is that Jesus hates hypocrites. And therefore, we need to make sure we aren't being hypocrites. If you're not a Christian, the thing you need to take away from this is your need to turn to Jesus. Trying to look like a good person won't cut it. Turn away from trying to look like a good person and turn to the only good person, Jesus. Jesus won't let you into heaven unless you have that changed heart. So right now, decide to trust Jesus as your king, the one we should obey, and trust him as your saviour, the one that saves us even though we don't obey. If you're a Christian... You're already saved. So don't try to be good to be saved. Be good out of joyful obedience to our good king. Be careful though. Jesus hates hypocrites. So don't be one. Or you could lose your salvation because that will expose your heart, your true heart, as one that's actually in opposition to Jesus. We all stuff up though, so... Remember that he still cares for you. Love people with a radical, sacrificial love and don't seek to be the center of attention. And for all of you, above all, remember that Jesus hates hypocrites and he loves them enough to die for them. That's the king I'd gladly follow. I'm going to pray and then we'll finish up. Father, I want to thank you so much for the fact that Jesus died for hypocrites. The fact that even though he hates hypocrites, he loves them enough to die for them. I pray that you help us see that, that him hating evil is good and him dying for evil is even better. Lord, because we are evil and we don't deserve to be saved. Father, I pray you'll help us to not neglect our heart. Please help us not to try and act good because it's useless. It's useless without a good heart. Please give us one. Please help us to grow in it and help us to remember that you love us no matter what.
Amen.